Genesis chapter 26. And we're going to go to verse 12. And before we go to verse 12, just you can keep one hand in Genesis 26. And then we're going to go to Isaiah 49. And we're going to go to verse 25. The Lord gave me two scriptures. So we're going to take these two as the Lord leads. And we're going to hear from the Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. Isaiah 49 verse 25. But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children. I will save. This is Isaiah 49 verse 25 in NIV version, New Living version. I'm going to read. But the Lord says, the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight with those who fight you and I will save your children. English Standard Version. For thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken, the prey of the tyrant be rescued. For I will contend with those who contend with you, and I will save your children. King James Version. But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with them, with him that contend with thee, and I will save thy children. Last one, New King James Version. But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you and I will save your children. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. This is a promise that God is giving to God's people here. No matter what you are going through, no matter what you may be facing in your life, no matter how difficult it may be. Whatever the enemy has stolen from you, whatever the enemy has taken from you, the Spirit of the Lord says, God will come and take that from the hand of the enemy. And remember, the enemy is not someone who is weak and, you know, who doesn't know how to hold his captives. He is a strong man. The Bible says, unless a man who is stronger than the strong man comes in, you're not going to get your people set free from the hands of the strong man. So whether it's your husband, whether it's your wife, whether it's your children, whether it's your grandchildren, whether it's whoever it may be, whether it's your health, whether it's your finances, whether it's your marriage, whatever it is. When we give our situation into the hands of the almighty God, he steps in. Who is he? He is stronger than the strong man. He steps in. When he steps in, what does he do? He rescues what belongs to us and he gives it to us. That is who our God is. He takes what belongs to us from the hands of the enemy and he gives it back to us. This is a prophecy that God is giving to us on this Lord's day. What belongs to us is being held hostage by the enemy. And God says, I will contend with those who contend with you and I will save your children. Now, it could be your children. It could be your grandchildren. It could be your spouse. It could be your house. It could be your marriage. It could be your finances. It could be your health. It could be whatever it is. Whatever belongs to you, 
that the enemy is holding and he's saying, I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go. I'm strong and I'm having this. These are my captives. God has a word for the enemy. He says, I will contend with you. Who is going to wage war with the enemy? God. God himself. God himself would contend with the enemy and God himself will rescue that which belongs to us from the hands of the enemy and he will give it to us. This is the word of the Lord God Almighty and it shall come to pass. To whom? To all those who would release their burdens to God. Say, Lord, I will do what you want me to do. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It's important for us to stand still. Stand still. We've seen this many times before. Stand still is not, okay, I'm just going to stand still. No. Stand still is waiting on God. And as God had spoken to us, March is a month of waiting in the presence of God. Waiting in the presence of God is waiting and doing what God has called us to do. While we're waiting, we're working. While we're waiting, we're working. What are we working? We're working the works of him who sent us to finish it. So our Working is within the will of God. Resting in God, we are doing what God wants us to. Not fretting, not saying that, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm confused and I'm panicking. And because I am panicking, I'm preoccupied with other things and I'm diverting myself or distracting myself. No, that's not waiting. That's task avoidance, basically. Escapism, trying to escape the will of God and trying to run somewhere else. But the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts today. When you face a problem, how do you face it? When something is happening in your life, what do you do with it? When the enemy is coming hard after you and you have a Red Sea in front of you, how are you going to deal with it? Are you going to deal with it like how Moses dealt with it? Are you going to deal with it like how the children of Israel said, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Why did we even leave Egypt? And God speak to your heart at this hour. There should be no question in anyone's mind as to why you left Egypt. Settle that in your heart right now, this minute. If you are pursuing God, make sure your eyes are looking straight ahead, that your eyes are not like Lot's wife who turned back and lost everything. Yeah, she made her way. She traveled so far. Yeah, she was pulled out from Sodom by the angels. But to no avail. To no avail. She did not go where God wanted her to. She didn't live her life. God wanted to bless her. God wanted to cause her to flourish. God wanted to pull her out of Sodom because God wanted to bless her. God had a plan for Lot's wife. God had a future for Lot's wife. But Lot's wife did not settle in her heart that she had nothing to do with Sodom. We can leave Sodom but have Sodom in our hearts. We can leave Egypt but carry Egypt in our hearts, and that is the reason why many, most of the first generation that left Egypt did not enter into the promised land other than Joshua and Caleb. The older generation, they all perished, all of them. Think about it. All of them perished? Wow. Jesus said this. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? Wow. When you look around, you see so many people saying that I believe, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, but their actions are contradicting their statements. And God help us never to be like that. 
Oh Lord, Lord, we did. Lord, Lord, we did that. Lord, we did street preaching. Lord, we gave gave our tithes. Oh Lord, you know we did this. Lord, I sang in the choir. Lord, I did this. Lord, I did that. Lord, I did this. You can do anything you want on the face of the earth. What matters to God is, did you do the will of God? God is speaking to your hearts at this hour. Be mindful of what you're doing. Be mindful of where you are. Be mindful being in the presence of God. Be mindful as to how you speak. Be mindful as to how your daily walk with God and with human beings are. Be mindful. Be careful. Be careful. Don't live a casual life. Be careful. Jesus never lived his life casually. He, if he would have lived his life casually, then he wouldn't have died for us. But he lived his life intentionally. He took the cross on his body intentionally. He rode on the donkey on this Palm Sunday intentionally with one purpose. When I say this Palm Sunday, I'm referring to an event, not the specific day. Jesus did ride on a donkey. Doesn't have to be the exact date. So don't say, oh, Pastor. The event is the most important thing. We have to remember that. We have to celebrate that. We have to glorify God for that. We have to thank him for that. He was intentional. And as he rode on the donkey, the Bible says, the scripture was fulfilled about him. Meek and lowly coming on the donkey. Think about that. Whatever was written about him, he fulfilled it. Whatever is written about you, are you fulfilling it? Whatever has been written about you, God's plan for your life must be fulfilled. That's when, when our life on earth is done, we can actually stand before God and God will say, you did my will. Get in. So it's very important not to play with our lives. Very important to be keen on fulfilling the will of God. Keen on fulfilling the will of God. So, you take this promise that the Lord has given. The promise is, God will contend with those who contend with you and he will save whatever belongs to you. Provided you belong to him. Provided you, you find, provided he finds you doing his will. Provided you walk in a manner that is worthy of his name. Then he will come and fight for you. You don't see God coming and fighting for the children of Israel, be it the Old Testament or in the New Testament, when they walked away from God. We can walk away from God in our words. We can walk away from God in our hearts. We can walk away from God in our minds. That's how Lot's wife lost everything. She was running when the angels dragged her out. She went, okay, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. But when she was told not to do certain things, she didn't. Obey that. Why? Because she carried Sodom in her heart. You know what? She did not believe in the consequence that was laid out before her. God is speaking to her heart today. If you believe the Bible, believe the whole Bible. Otherwise, don't believe the Bible. That's the truth. You'll be wasting your time. If you believe that God is pulling you out of the wrath of God that is upon, that is about to fall upon the face of the earth, then you must believe the condition that God places would say, do not look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. 
don't look back. Because if you look back, you lose everything. Why did Lot's wife lose everything? Because she had no faith in what the angel of God said. Whatever the angel of God told her, she had no faith in it. She didn't care. She had no faith in it. The grip that Sodom had over her life was stronger than her relationship with God. Lot was a righteous man, the Bible says. But what kind of a righteous man he was? He was someone who was religious and you know, who believed in God and that's about it. You don't see his faith being transferred to his wife or his daughters. Pathetic. It should not be that way. If we say that oh, I'm an island to myself and I'm a believer and I'm a child of God and you know I'm walking with the king and our kids are not walking with God. Our spouse and are walking with God. We have to make that a priority. I tell this to people all the time. Really being successful in the kingdom of God is doing things God's way. Being a light that God wants us to be. Protecting that which God has given into our hands. Your spouse is yours. Your children are yours. Your family that God has given, they are yours. Don't let the enemy touch them. Don't let the enemy take them. And the Lord says, if you are with him, he will come and fight for you. He will come and rescue your children. He will come and rescue what belongs to you, which the enemy has been holding. For whatever reason, maybe, doesn't matter. Maybe he's been holding it for a long time. Know this for sure. The amount of time is not a big thing for God. The strength of the enemy is not a big thing for God because God is stronger than the strong man. God can do anything. There's nothing that is too difficult for the Almighty God. So, God will come and He will contend with your enemies. All of them will contend with you. And He will save that which belongs to you. It's the promise. Hold on to it. And God will bring it to pass. But there's a condition to it. For whom will God do this? For those who are walking with God. Who walk in obedience to the commandments of the Almighty God. Very important. May God transfer this into your spirit at this hour. Now having this on one side, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 20... Six, I believe. Yes. And we're going to go to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possession of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Because Isaac was in the will of God, whatever he did, God prospered him. Whatever God was doing in Isaac and through Isaac brought prosperity to Isaac. Now, that doesn't mean that Isaac will never have enemies. It doesn't mean that Isaac will never have problems. No. 
Because of God's prosperity on God's people, the enemy will envy and he will start to do mischief. He will. And that's a given thing. But are you going to be afraid saying that, well, then I don't want to prosper because I don't want to have enemies? No. If you don't prosper, you'll still have enemies. If you prosper, you'll have enemies. How many of you know that no matter what you try to do, someone will try to find fault with you? So the best thing is don't live for people, live for God. If you live for God, God will fight for you. God will do things for you. God will move kings for you. God will move seasons and times for you. God will move kings' hearts for you. God will move even places for you. God will move mountains for you. So Isaac was a man who pleased God, who walked with God as a result of that. Whatever he did became prosperous. That's a promise from God. Now, with that came something which was persecution, as Jesus said. Whoever forsakes you know, houses, land, you know, he gives a whole bunch of things. But when you put God first, you will face opposition. God says, in this world, God will give them brothers, mothers, you know, fathers and lands and houses and all those things, hundredfold. And there's a very important verse that's there, uh, words that are there, with persecution. So as the prosperity comes, as the blessing comes from God, persecution will also come, which is the enemy of our soul. He will envy God's prosperity upon our lives as he envied Job. And he will come to cause problems. When that happens, how will we handle it? Now, we just go to the following verse. We see God prospered him. He prospered and he became more prosperous and he became even more prosperous. That's how God's blessing will be. God's word says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. God's blessing will cause a person to prosper and prosper more, prosper more, prosper more, prosper more, even more and more and more. That's God's blessing. If you're walking with God, you will prosper. You should prosper. You're God's child and God will prosper you. Will you face trials? Yes, absolutely. But in all those trials, God will continue to prosper you. God will continue to exalt you. Even in prison, Joseph prospered. Even as a slave, Joseph prospered. The hand of the Lord will prosper you wherever you go. David, even in the wilderness where he was wandering, he prospered there too. Until he came to his ultimate call God had. With all the trials he had, he kept prospering. He had the king as his enemy. Can you believe that? The king's own son favored him. That's the work of God. God prospered him. Right there. Everywhere God prospered David. So even in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of difficulty, God will prosper us. God will continue to prosper us. And that's what happened with Isaac. He was in the will of God and God prospered him to the extent that the enemy got really mad. He said, I cannot stand this man. I can't stand the sight of this man. He is prospering. God will bless you in such a way. When you make Jesus your priority, God will prosper you in such a way that he will make you the envy of others because of the God who is in you. And you know what we want? We want others to see that and say, oh my God, they have this. I want this. What is that, Jesus? I want this Jesus that they have. That's what we should cause people to come after. 
our lives should draw people closer to Jesus Christ, the blessings of God, the life we live, no matter how much God blesses us, our heart should never go after the blessing, but it should go after the blesser. Whatever God gives, those are all temporal things that we use to glorify God, to build his kingdom, to bless our family. But our focus is God. This is not where we're going to live forever. A short time, we're just passing through. Our eyes should be focused on God Almighty. So, the focus here is we're just going to come down as the Spirit of the Lord wants us to. I'm going to finish in a few minutes. So, the Philistines envied him. Now, the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father, his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. Now, you look at that. That's how much they hated the prosperity of God upon Abraham and upon Isaac. Whatever Abraham had dug, it was all closed. All those wells were closed. They took the time to put mud in there and close that well. Wells, all the wells that were dug by Abraham. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. Remember God speaking to a church from this section. I don't know where this message is, but. If you have it, you can definitely listen to that. It would be a blessing. You see Isaac. Isaac is not a feisty man. He was not someone who was arguing. Oh, you arguing? I'll argue. I'll prove my point. There are many people who argue to prove their point. And you call that P-R-I-D-E. When pride is there at the forefront, people will not want to lose an argument. They want to have the last word. They want to make themselves look good. If that's you, you need to work on that area, pride. Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You look at Isaac, even though he was a rich man, God had blessed him so much. He didn't despise, he didn't say anything. He just kept quiet and he moved from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. What is Isaac doing? He's restoring that which was broken. He's reviving that which was dead. God is speaking to your hearts today. Whatever God had done in your life, whatever God did in your life in the past. And the enemy had come and closed everything. This is the season. You need to be proactive in your life. Letting the Spirit of God work in you. When you go and dig up those wells, well stands for the Holy Spirit, you know, living water. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I will give you the water that I give you, the well that I have, is everlasting. Think about your life. Think about the things God did in the past. And you need to go back. You need to think about how you used to be. Go back to your first love and say, I need to dig up. I need to look at my heart and say, I need to be like how I used to passionately read the Bible, how I used to passionately pray. How I used to seek God every day. Do that. Isaac did that. 
he went and he dug up those wells and he gave the names that his dad gave those wells you know it's not like how people just you know when they want to have a baby just look at baby names and or you know join little letters over here or or keep a sarcastic names there's no meaning these days you know especially this generation in those days it was not like that and god's people who are living in our age they don't live like that either there's a meaning to everything if abraham named something then it had a very specific meaning there so the enemy came and he stopped everything and he wanted to erase that from the face of the earth but when god is behind something and god gave that to abraham to keep it satan cannot permanently take it away temporarily he may try to snatch it but he's not able to he will not be able to i should say so god is using who isaac here to restore to restore that which the enemy stole the enemy took the enemy destroyed and god is using isaac to do that think about yourself in what way can you give yourself over to the lord so god can actually use you to restore something that is precious to god to restore someone who is precious to god how can your life be used by god to bring restoration to a soul connect them with god yield yourself to the living water the holy spirit and god will use you to do great and mighty things in the days to come so when this happened let's go to verse 19 also isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there the herdsmen of gerar quarreled with isaac's herdsmen saying the water is ours so he called the name of the well isaac because they quarreled with him and you don't see even here isaac saying that well legally this belongs to me all my men did this and you are doing this and let me you know go and claim what belongs to me and make a big scene over there isaac was someone who trusted god god is my blesser and isaac moved on be a person who learned to lean on the holy spirit and live a peaceful life we as god's people we need to be led by the peace of god if we cannot live in peace there is something seriously wrong the bible says follow peace with all men and without holiness no man shall see the lord it is a command follow peace with all men is not an option it's a command it's something that we have to do we cannot call ourselves holy if we're not peaceful blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of god it is important to be people who bring peace not at the expense of truth not at the expense of truth however look at what jesus did how jesus lived and do like how jesus did by asking god consulting god lord in this place how can i be a peacemaker in this place how can i reflect you certain times god will say just step back just move back god will say just don't talk you don't have to have the last word you don't have to show your two cents there even if someone thinks that oh you appear to be dumb that's okay it's important to be wise in the sight of god even if someone thinks that you are foolish here 
Because God will honor those who humble themselves. God exalts the humble and he puts away the proud. So Isaac, you see why God blessed him so much. He's a type of Christ. He had the nature of God in him because he was walking with God. So no matter how many times his enemies came and tried to provoke him, he didn't say, well, they provoked me, so I got provoked. A lot of people say, well, they provoked me, so I got provoked and I act like a heathen. Now we have to question what kind of spirit do you have inside of you if you would act like a heathen. The Bible says in, you know, when pressure comes to you, if I should quote this scripture, then it is, in the midst of adversity, if you faint, then your strength is small. When pressure comes, at that time, if you break, if there's no God's nature that is manifesting, then what you have inside is fake. Deal with it. Look at yourself before God and say, God, where am I in my walk with you? Let me straighten myself out in your presence by letting the Holy Spirit cleanse, sanctify, purge, break me down so that I can be built up by your Lord. So, Isaac was a man who was humble. This is why God defended him. If you back off, if you give yourself over to God, God will contend with those who contend with you. You don't have to fight. You don't have to quarrel. You shouldn't if you're a believer. You should exhibit the nature of Christ. You don't act like the heathen. You shouldn't. You should act like Jesus Christ. Meek and lowly like the Savior. Isaac was like that. No matter how many times they did, he just moved on. He moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. Verse 22. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went from, went up from there to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear. I am with you. I'll bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and pitched, and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Now, his enemies came, took what? Rightfully belonged to him. God intervened. And God drove his enemies out where they could no longer touch what belonged to him. God contended with his enemies. God gave what belonged to him. God had already blessed Isaac. He was the most prosperous person there. And God is coming here and appearing to him. Why? In all these contentions, he was not a contender. Isaac was someone who was humble, meek, and lowly. Because of that, because he did not contend, God came and contended with him. God made room for him. And God appeared to him. God making room for us is a good thing. God giving us what belongs to us is something very important. However, God coming and appearing to us is the most important. Isaac got that. Isaac got earthly blessings and spiritual blessings because he lived 
a meek and lowly life. Like our Savior. We need to be like that. Because of his nature. Because of him following through with the Holy Spirit. God not only made room for him. God appeared to him. Jesus said this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You cannot be a contender and say, oh, I'm pure in heart. Can't. You cannot be feisty, argumentative, and say that, oh, I want to see God. We can have the desire, as God spoke to us the previous Sunday, we can have the desire, but we need to be people who pursue the desire. One thing of my desire, and that will I seek after. In order for that to happen, we have to lay aside everything that will keep us from becoming what God wants us to be or what even you want to be for God. God, help us this day. Learn to humble yourself. Practice humility. Let it become your second nature. Give the members of your body to humility. Let Christ be seen in your life and through your life. God will contend with those who contend with you like he did for Isaac. And God will save that which needs to be saved, which is yours, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's your job, whatever it is, God will bring back that which needs to come back, which is rightfully yours, if you live a meek and lowly life. And as God spoke to us during worship, but how... Jesus went and took the donkey. He sent his disciples and told them, get that donkey for me. No one ever went on the donkey. But the donkey was an animal, unlike horse. It's a meek and lowly animal. And Jesus chose that animal. And he chose that donkey that was tied. No one ever rode. They used all the other donkeys, but not this donkey. You know how long this donkey would have thought? How long am I going to be tied to this post? How long am I going to be here? What's wrong with me? Why no one wants me? Little did it know that the creator God was going to come. Send his disciples and untie him. Untie her. And take her. For the king's purposes. God will do the same for you. God sees your heart. God sees the path you're going through. God sees your loneliness. It's very important. Until God comes and pulls you out to be tied. The donkey... Never kicked and screamed and said, oh, I need to go and, and just somehow escape from there. It stayed there. Until Jesus sent the disciples to have that donkey released for the Lord's use. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Under the mighty hand of God. That humility. Until God lifts you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Where God has placed you. Humble yourself. And the spiritual leaderships God has placed over your life. 
and the spouse that God has placed in your family and the parents God has placed in your family if you're not married. God will lift you up. It's important to give yourself over to the Spirit of God. We have to follow the Lord's leading. If you have a drinking spouse and says that, come, let's drink, you can't say, oh, I want to do what God said. I'm following. My husband is supposed to lead me, so we're both going to drink. No. Your husband should be leading you in the ways of the Almighty God. If he's leading you in the ways of the Almighty God, then you should follow. It is important. The same thing goes with your wife. We saw a couple of Bible studies ago how Abraham made a huge error because he listened to his wife. It was morning call. How Adam made a huge error because he listened to his wife. So it's important to listen to the voice of the Lord and know whether the voice of the spouse is echoing the voice of God or echoing demonic spirits. It's important to know for that, you need to be walking with God and have the strength to be a God pleaser, not a man pleaser in love, not with arrogance, in love, in humility. Be Jesus to those God has placed around you. And you live a life of Christ. God will fight for you. God will save that which belongs to you, rightfully belongs to you. And he himself will bring it to you and give it to you. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this Lord's Day and for this last Sunday of this Lord's Day that you've given to us. For us to be in the presence of God, in the dwelling place of the Most High God. Lord, I pray that you will bless your people, that the word that you have spoken to them, may the word of God work in their hearts in a deep manner. The word of God work in their hearts and give life, Father. The plan and purpose that you have for every brother, every sister who is here, May that be accomplished, Lord. These are yours. These are your precious jewels. These are your gemstones in the making. I pray that they may continue to yield themselves to the pressure that God brings in their lives because it's a good pressure that forms the diamond. And I pray, Father, that you bless your people. Strengthen them. Multiply them as you multiplied, Isaac. May they walk with you. May you contend with all those who contend with them. Save their children. Save their spouses. Save their marriages. Save that which belongs to them, O God. May the Lord God who rebukes the devourer for our sake. We ask you that you stretch forth your hands, my Father, and bless your people. Be with them throughout the rest of this month and the rest of this week. And I pray to lead them into greater fruitfulness and greater usefulness to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For your coming is so close. Whatever you want to do with our lives, O Lord, I pray, take our lives and use us for your glory. And help each one of us to be worthy vessels of honor, clean vessels so that you can use us, empty vessels so that you can fill us. 
So I pronounce this blessing upon your people, Father is your servant, standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God. Bless your people, Father, that they may live in divine favor, divine provision, divine multiplication, that you may contend with those who contend with them and save that which is precious to them. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You will save our children, Lord. You'll deal with every captivity. You give grace to the humble. Thank you, Lord. The nature of Jesus, you're waiting to see it in us, Lord. Oh, thou spirit divine, all my nature refined. With your compassion, with your purity, to be more like you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the true word of God to make us truly ready to meet the true and living God who is truly coming back very soon. Thank you, Lord, for putting us on the highway of holiness that's such a Lord, unknown way to most people, the way of true humility that is foreign to most people. God has given us grace. Everyone from every tribe, every tongue across the globe who would humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. You said you lift them up, Lord. You will make sure that you will honor those who honor you. And thank you, Father, for every brother, every sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord. You win again, Father. Hallelujah. Every day, Jesus, you win. And we are victorious with you when we simply follow you. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us to be just sheep, just the sheep of your hand, to follow you wherever you go. We'll find green pasture, still waters, and restoration of everything in your righteous path. We thank and praise you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen.